Welcome to another episode of If Hair Pro Podcast. The purpose of doing this podcast is to inspire, teach young artists to reach and work with excellence. Today, I am having a conversation with my friend Elizabeth Merck Allen from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Elizabeth is originally from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and that's where she started her career. Later, she became a color technician with L'Oreal Canada. And a few years later, she eventually became a platform guest artist with Redkin Canada and went on traveling the world, inspiring young artists to reach for their stars. What a privilege to have Elizabeth on this podcast today. So welcome, Elizabeth. I really really feel that this audience can learn a few things uh, from our conversation today. So let's give it a little bit of, of background information about you. So you've been working in the industry for over 40 years. You started working in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and... Funny enough, 35 years ago, I was your assistant. (laughs) (laughs) You have always... remember that day. Yeah. remember that day you walked into the salon. Yeah. You've always been uh, a very successful um, hairstylist. And I can confirm that because I know for a fact that your success didn't come just like that. You worked extremely hard for your success and you were a mentor, you taught and you, but really I witnessed that, that you worked really, really hard for your success. And I think you're a person that everybody should look up to, but. Oh, thank you so much. I'm honored. Yes. So I wanted to find out, um, what today, how do you feel about the industry? That's a very good question. And thank you so much. Um, I have to say, I'm just as excited 40 years later about our industry as I was day one. I, I love this industry and I have passion for the industry. And uh, it's uh of course, evolved and changed and grown into what it is today from what it was 40 years ago and from what it was, you know, in the 60s and the 50s. Like, if you even look back at the industry, where we've come so far. And I think why uh, I feel excited about our industry is because it's all about people. And, and making them feel good and look good and feel better and have that image of themselves in the mirror and feel great and go out into the world and feel confident, right? Exactly. It's funny you mentioned something about the 50s and the, the 60s about the industry. And one time I had a client, uh, a hairstylist, who worked in that that time zone. And I said to her, I said, you know, I really admire the type of work that you guys did at the time. And it was, you guys worked so hard. And she said to me, she says, 
no she says you guys are very creative she goes yeah. you have all these tools now you have all these products you have all this you know that at the the tip of your fingers and yeah and so it was funny how we just different generation and we we were admiring each other and she says you guys are being so creative and i'm like well you know i no not having worked in that time zone i don't know but to me they were doing all these beehive and all these backcombing <laughs> and all that stuff so it was interesting work and but that that work back then um helped us to you know to become who we are today and it's a foundation right like foundation hairdressing you know your pin curls your finger ways it's it's all comes from foundation exactly. and then it gets expanded upon but like even to hitchhike on what you said that the lady said we work harder i'm in awe of the past the present and the future because exactly like i mean i even remember we had no crazy color back in the day when i first started so we made we used kool-aid to get those crazy colors like yes. kids wanted to have that you know punk rock punker and uh, you know there was no such a thing so yes we took kool-aid yes. different colors and uh you know mixed it up with water and we put it in our hair and and uh, we we flat ironed our hair with an iron and the ironing board if we wanted flat hair or you know we didn't like the, the i have to say the the generation now has all the success in the world right. to available to them because of the tools and the products and the industry has developed and made for them to use and to um to create yeah exactly you know it's funny i have to tell this story because back uh, over 35 years ago we didn't have all the shades that we have now like we had to um, be creative and use our brain and really mixed color together to be able to create yeah. other shades. Remember that, Liz? Yes. Yeah. So, and Foundation then... Foundation principles. <laughs> yeah. And there was one thing I learned from you, and I remember that was a revolutionary day when I learned that from you, was I, one time you asked me, because you needed to do a lightener, and you said to me, is there a pot of coffee on? And I said, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then you said, okay, great. And then you took your lightener, you went over to the where the <laughs> pot of coffee was, you took the, the coffee and you mixed a little bit into your lightener. And then you look, turn around and you say, that's the cafe au lait. You don't like that. <laughs> and then, and then you memory. went, you went on and you mixed that and you put that on your client's hair and here it was this beautiful cafe au lait beige sandy highlight and you you had created your own shade and i remember just being at oz thinking wow this Thank is you. this is amazing you <laughs> do you remember that <laughs> Thank you. well we we do get creative and sometimes hairdressers break the rules yeah. however we still need to make sure we are in balance and in checks and balances that we you know we break the rules but we don't 
cross the line. Right. right? But uh, I mean, you don't want the hair to stay on the head, not on the floor. No. But at the time, <laughs> you know, we we really had to be creative. Now this oh, is not the case. Kool Aid, coffee, um, you know, mixing uh, to make, you know, uh, straighteners. We would put flour in uh, perm solution to make straighteners. We wanted to straighten the bangs True. or straighten the sideburns or, you know, we had um, creativity that still exists today, yes. but it's gone beyond. Like, right. I think with the internet and with um, Instagram and, you know, all the social media outlets, we have uh, taken it beyond our wildest imagination. Uh, like, even photography i remember competing in canadian hairdresser of the year awards and all the different photograph awards well it had to be spot on like i remember working with bill hamilton in saskatoon taking that shot at one o'clock in the morning and there was no computer to alter the picture it was tungsten lighting it was the different kinds of filters we had for the lighting effects it was the model the makeup had to be spot on the temperature in the room had to be spot on so the model didn't melt her makeup and the hair didn't and everything that every hair had to be in place before and then you took the shot you took the shot you took the shot but there was no computer to alter the little hairs yes there was no computer to change something it had to be spot on yeah and it was effervescent and it was exciting to finally look in that camera and when you process the film it had to be processed just so when you looked at that you had you know admiration for your work and you thought wow that that was a great moment that was a great day that was a great model that was a great shot but um you know now it's like now you 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 don't even have to worry. Every the computer changes everything, right. and the filter changes everything. And it's kind of um, not that it's lost something. I think it's definitely gained things, uh, but it's. Um, I'm not sure how to feel yet about how a computer can alter it because I really admire the art of the work. It's like. A painting, yeah. you know, when when Van Gogh and all those Renoir and Moet and all those artists and, and sculptors and painters created that work, it, it wasn't altered by a computer. It was in its original form. Right. So it was raw, it, basically. You've got to find the balance, right? Like, I can appreciate all the new technology i mean i i don't quite going but uh it's fantastic what the access that the um industry has now to continue to move forward i i I can't wait to see what the next 20 years will bring i mean i know there's some color products that are coming out now that are 10 minutes yes uh you know and um you know i i mean technology is a wonderful thing right Elizabeth, what has been the biggest highlight of your career? I have to laugh. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for that question because 
Uh, truthfully and honestly, there are there are many. I mean, forty year span of a, a lifetime of hairdressing. Um, well, you are my biggest highlight of my career because I am honored to see how you've grown into a businesswoman and how that moment in time when you walked into sheer talent and uh, I, you know, took you into under my wing and how I got to see you watch, uh, see you and watch you grow and mature. And then you went on to be Miss Saskatoon, which is such an honor. So, you know, for me, I have to say, yes, you are one of my biggest highlights of my career. But did you and know, did you know that I had won at the Contessa? Oh, no. Good for you. Yeah. So I had Please. won at the Contessa so, for best hairstylist. Yeah. Best hair. So the Contessa in what category? I won for Saskatchewan hairstylist of the year. Awesome. But I was oh. finalist, uh, a finalist and semi-finalist, I think, uh, numerous times. Like, I, I've lost track of yeah. it. Like, it's been, like, yes. so, so many and, times. And we so. do lose track of it, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, when I, I'm thinking about this as well, so, yes, I mean, so absolutely yourself is the highlight of my career. And um, I remember... It's about the people, right, that make your career and the people's lives that you, um, you know, affect yes. or, you know, transform. I remember a girl in Regina, Saskatchewan, and at the time, um, being a guest artist, uh, we got to travel from coast to coast in Canada doing shows, ABA shows. Right. Um, and I had done... In Saskatchewan, we did one in Regina, and then one the next year we did one in Regina, and then one in Saskatoon, and then remember we transformed back and forth right. to be fair in the province. I think they do that in Alberta as well, between Edmonton and Calgary, back in the day. And uh, I had a model, uh, and uh, you know, used the model for um, my uh, to present my work, and then later on, I come back several years later to do another hair show in Regina and uh, as the guest artist. And I remember this gal coming up to me on stage after the show was completed. And she said to me, do you remember me? And I remember her face, but you know, you meet so many people. It's, I, right. I always beg forgiveness to, you know, it's hard to remember everybody's name. I try very hard. Yes. Anyway, she said, her name was Christine, and she said, I was your model back in the day when you came to be the show, to do the show. Yes. And she said, you inspired me so much that day and that weekend being your model yes. in the show. I decided I wanted to be a hairdresser just like you. So course you know tears well up in your eyes and you're you know grateful and excited that somebody was inspired yeah I remember another model that I had in Winnipeg and she was just a, a lovely gal and as many models we have are always lovely and wonderful and they're excited to be your model and this young little girl uh we were going to do like a James Bond um 
you know, theme opening. And I wanted her to hold the newspaper and, uh, you know, with the two hands looking up. And yeah. <laughs> I said, you know what? She said, uh, uh, I can't hold the newspaper like that. And I said, oh, okay. Um, well, why? And she said, oh, I only have one arm. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, really? And uh, she said, yeah. She said, my prosthetic. And I said, oh. it was so real. Yeah. I uh, said, oh, my gosh. I said, that is amazing. How wonderful. Uh, you know, that experience that, um, you know, it, it, people uh, come in all shapes and sizes and exactly. all wonderful avenues in their life. And uh, so it taught me to be very um, relevant of, you know, people and all people that, you know, matter, right? Like, and mm -hmm. uh, so I remember catching myself saying, you know, make sure you are uh, in awareness of people around you and your surroundings. Oh, yeah. That's a good and advice. I have to say, one of my biggest was on our flight to, uh, we were in Johannesburg. We were flying to Johannesburg, South Africa with Redkin. And we were in uh, flying British Airways. We got to fly first class. Redkin flew us all first class, which I'm very thankful for. And we were on the getting on the plane at London Heathrow. And it was taking very long time to get on the plane. The security was really tight. And at the very front row of the first class section of this big jumbo airline, uh, British Airways, was Nelson and Winnie Mandela. Ah. So on our way to South Africa to teach a month for Redkin, we... Uh, um, met Nelson Mandela on our flight. Of course, we never got to talk to him, but he was in the first class section with us with Winnie. And uh, at the end of our 13 and a half hour flight, they posed in the jetway um, yeah. out, uh, when we were uh, leaving the aircraft <clears throat> for pictures so people could take pictures of them. And I do have a picture of Nelson Mandela and Winnie Mandela on the jetway. Wow. But um, when he passed away, I remember uh, talking with Ann Mincy and messaging her that day because she was with us on the flight. And uh, I'm honored that I have breathed the same plane air as Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so, uh... you know, you don't you, you get to meet all kinds of people. Yes. You, know, you get to meet important people. And, yes. And, uh, but you know what? We're, we're all important. And yes. we're all you know, we're all on the planet breathing the same air. Yes, so true. Like I've I've met yeah. along the way, um, you know, working behind a chair, I've met a few very important people. I've done the hair for a few important people. And, you know, it's amazing that don't don't get me wrong. It's amazing. But I've also had some really um some just you know normal client that are just uh, as ex day. yeah everyday client that are just yeah. as exceptional and I've had oh. a few along my career I've had a few one that have really really touched my heart and you know now they have passed and you know like it just have uh, learned many things from my client that's for sure absolutely yeah and that's what it's about or you get that anonymous note in the mail yeah from a client, and I have about 
four scrapbooks now full of notes and letters and cards and pictures and show brochures and um, but I have one in particular a note from a client that uh, thanked me for helping her thanked me for uh, changing her life I don't know exactly what I did but um, I'm honored and I'm grateful that whosever life you've touched, whosever heart you've touched, uh, you know, still alive or, you know, have passed on, you know, really our industry is about people. And I think if we look back now at this pandemic and how COVID has been the game changer, we now understand even more what an essential service the hair industry is because we make people feel good and look good and and then we go out into the world and we you know we feel better we we feel more confident we can tackle that that world uh you know the day we can seize the day when you feel good and you look good but Right. I'm glad that I'm glad that COVID actually happened because it was a game changer for me. Um, I'm not. I now know that I'm not ready to retire. Okay. Uh, I I love people too much. I love my clients too much. I love what I do, and uh, all the support that I receive from my clients. Yes. You know, uh, little cards, little letters, uh, phone calls. You know, Liz you know, hang in there, because we were shut down twice, as I'm sure you were in Ottawa. We were uh, three times, three times here. And, you know, clients that love us, love us, and they want to sit in our chair, and uh, it's a, I'm not ready to retire, for sure. Yeah. So my next question to you, Elizabeth, is what can we do to help the new generation of hairstylists right now great question isabel thank you so much um as a facilitator for many years and looking back at you know my programs and uh working in a school i worked in the the hair design school here in halifax and different schools across canada I think that what we need to, <clears throat> excuse me, arm ourselves with is our skill, our knowledge. You can teach skill. You can teach knowledge. Uh, in any industry, there are those two factors. <clears throat> excuse me, Isabel, sorry. But I think the thing that we need to address is our attitude. In any industry, in any profession, skill, knowledge, and attitude. Um, And for the new generation going in, be open to change, be open to learning, be open to making mistakes, be be a sponge, uh, be open to learning a, a new skill, a new, all the knowledge, which is always ongoing. You know, skill will change, knowledge will change, the industry is going to change, new technology is going to change. But the one thing that you own and that you have to the best of your ability is your attitude. And if you have a bad attitude or a negative attitude or um, 
you know, not, you know, you need to be positive and you need to be open and you need to be willing. So get that attitude in the right balance. Right. right? And, and, and the, the attitude of confidence, not a know-it-all attitude. Confidence um, is the ability to, you know, move forward and to be accepting of the surroundings around you, right? Yes. Confidence is so, so, so essential. Um, Which is an important attitude to have, but um, you cannot teach that. It it, it is instilled in you. And I think that's one of the things, uh, I think as a manager, a facilitator, you know, like you can hairdressers can meet somebody and in the first five minutes we've kind of got you figured out don't we yeah yeah through conversation and that's why when i first met you i you know i i knew you had the right attitude right right you moved to saskatchewan from quebec uh, learning to wanting to speak english and be better with your english and that is the correct attitude Right, you know the 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 wonderment, the 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 uh, the wanting to know more and learn more and yeah. grow, and the wonderment in your eyes and in your heart, right? And yeah. uh, that is, uh, I think, what I look for in a person is, um, you know, uh, you get that gut feeling, right? You get yeah. that good attitude and and. Um, the willing to the willingness yeah exactly i think that's what it is is that i've always been a person who wants to learn i i still do i still want to you know enrich my myself and by learning everything like you know in hairdressing now because you and i have been in the industry for so long a lot of the of technique or um you know different inspiration or different trend We've seen that already. <laughs> but no, I I remember one of my trainings because we, you know, we're working with Redkin since 1988. I remember all the different trainings and I was getting close to the end of retiring for Redkin. Uh, you know, knowing that, um, you know, pass the baton over, hand the baton over to the next generation, right? Like, yeah. I enjoyed working for Redkin for many years and won many awards and seen many countries and and many uh, wonderful fellow hairstylists around sure. the world. But I remember one of my, one of my, at the end of my career with Redkin, my, one of my training sessions was in uh, the new uh, Toronto office downtown. Yeah. And, of course, I was probably the oldest person in the room. I was in my 50s. And, uh, you know, I, I was a little <laughs> interesting to see the young generation uh, in the training room. Yeah. And excited, of course. I mean, everybody's, you know, fantastic and excited. And But I remember this one fella, and he was pretty, you know, pretty confident in himself, which is a lovely quality to have uh and you know we were chatting away and uh you know he's like oh you know i've been in the industry you know three years now and oh i just i just know everything and i'm like really that's fantastic good for you i said i've been in this industry oh you know 30 plus years now and i know nothing (laughs) i'm still learning and I'm still growing. I have some skill. 
I have some knowledge, yes, yeah. in the 30 years of working in the industry, but I still know nothing. I'm still discovering this beautiful industry every day. Yes. And he shut up. And yeah. I thought, okay, I don't know. That way, you know, maybe I should have said that. But I thought, no, 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 don't change that attitude. Yeah. Yeah, great. You've been out and working as a facilitator and an educator for three years. That's great. That's fantastic. You know, get I like the, the right attitude. Get the attitude in check. Get the attitude in check, right? Yeah. Still be humble. Still be grateful. Still have that wanderment in your heart, right? I like what you But just don't said. Don't you know everything. I still don't know everything, you know? And it, and it's always going to be ongoing because the industry changes so much. Yeah, and so fast. And I love that you just said um, one thing that I retain from this is that You're shutting yourself down if you are telling yourself and others that you're, you know everything. You know, might as well, yeah. so might as well packing it in if you're, if you're gonna do that and you're stopping yourself from growing as an individual, as an artist too, and a hair artist, yeah. because yeah. it's so important that you keep learning and you just, you know, go on with the trend and learn. That's all. Like, during... And I don't, I am not saying that you shouldn't profess to be an expert in something. I think that right. you should say, hey, I've got some skill and some knowledge that I would love to share with you that, that might benefit you, that might help you. Yeah. You know, pro professing you're the expert at whatever, just, you know, I think you come across with confidence and saying, hey, I've got this technique. Let me share it with you. Yeah. See if you can use it in your repertoire of knowledge or your repertoire of cutting clients hair or your, your show, you know, like here's a little showstopper that, you know, I remember twisting the bangs and making a concave bang, you know, we, that, that's been done. How many people have done that, yeah. you know, twist the bang or twist the, the nape to get yeah. the, you know, asymmetrical shapes, right? I mean, we're, we all, we all cut hair the same way. Yeah. We all pick it up. And we all cut it off. Right. It's how we do it. It's how we do it, yeah. It's yep. how we color it. And remember, color tells the story of the haircut. Right. right. Color Big. tells how those lines, how those lines are flowing on that head form. Right. So, you know, I mean, I mean... If you found the cure, if you were a scientist and you found the cure for cancer under the microscope, would you not be excited to share that with someone? Absolutely. Or someone that it would benefit, right? Like, yeah. I can't, I can't wait for the day that they have the cure for cancer or that the scientist finds that he must, he or she or that person will be so excited to look into that microscope and say, wow, yeah. I think we found it. Yeah. Now let's share it to the world, right? Yeah, exactly. All right. So the next question I wanted to ask you, Elizabeth, is when I say the word professionalism in the industry, what does that mean to you? Great question, Isabel. And thank you for asking that question. 
I do feel that it's a very pertinent question right now in our time in the industry right now in 2021. But let's go back to the beginning because how I'm going to answer that question through my eyes is from the beginning of my career and my three mentors, which are Chris Barron, Wayne Grund, and Don Grills, all from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I say that because we all need a mentor or a coach or somebody that believes in you or somebody that pushes you along that sees the good in you and knows that your potential is a 10, right? Like the power of intention and they see you as a 10 and you will rise to a 10. So I thank my lucky stars that I had all those three wonderful mentors in the start of my career. Like when I was just a junior stylist and in awe and you know, your eyes are big as saucers, right? And, uh, you know, they were hard on you and they pushed you and uh, they guided you and they coached you and uh, they had a set of values that I think, um, you know, everybody has their own set of values that we go through life with that guide you, that shape you, that make you who you are. I mean, even a bank robber has a set of values, right? If you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have to say the professionalism uh, was definitely dictated in the salon environment. Uh, You know, we had standards, we had rules, we had guidelines, we had the do's and the don'ts. And you had to abide by salon protocol and salon rules and, and business protocol. Like, Sometimes we don't see ourselves and how we act or how we conduct ourselves. But that mentor or that manager or that person that guides you or that runs the ship, right, directs the ship and and points it in the right direction is your coach or your mentor, your guide or your salon counselor or your person that reviews you. And I think that person does want to promote the the most absolute professionalism uh, and environment. And, you know, we, like I say, we, I think a lot of people don't see themselves or how they conduct themselves. And like, like, don't get me wrong. We all want to have a lot of fun in the salon. Absolutely. Yes. But you have to make sure you're presenting yourself well. Present yourself well. I remember Ann Mincy, who's another mentor of mine, always said before you go to work in the morning look at yourself in the mirror from head to toe and ask the question do I look like I'm in the professional business environment today am I selling beautiful hair today does my image does my outfit does my hair does my nails does my makeup does everything about I'm presenting myself well am I selling beautiful hair today right yeah so I don't know I think we do get professionalism from the people from the past and we work with it in the present and hopefully into the future, you know, people will see the hair industry as we are professional. We are the person that guides you with your hair regime or your beauty regime. 
And, you know, especially now with, you know, our pandemic and COVID, we have to be professional. Absolutely. You know, our environment has to be clean. Our environment has to be sterile. We have to follow all the government protocols in our salon environment because it has to be professional. We can't slip up and not be, especially in our COVID times right now. So that's been a game changer there. So professional, um, professionalism in the industry, you know, present yourself well um, in your, in your language, in your thoughts, in your words, in your deeds, how you decorate your salon, how you design, uh, so that when that client comes in, they feel important, they feel embraced, they feel your passion, Yes. right? It's like, wow, this place is special, or wow, this place is really clean, or everybody looks really, you know, on trend, or, or, you know, on, very professional like to part you have to decide what your theme of your salon is or the theme of your group are or you know what i mean like right I, and you know classic hairdressers we always wear black right because right if you get color or bleach or anything on you it's um you know the staple uniform of a of a hairdresser but uh, yeah. you know i, I mean, think i think um it, it starts with your value system as a person you know what you value and um what uh, yeah what so your salon is right represents your salon to piggyback to this is for me pro- uh, professionalism is about yes your appearance and the salon's appearance but also it's about when the client comes in is she's the most or he's the most important person at, at the time and it's not about the music it's not about the look, coffee it's not about the magazines it, it's about that person that's sitting in your chair gets your undivided attention that's correct gets yeah all your knowledge get all your passion yes um gets all your attention yes and and you know that's what's important is that person that's in the chair right yeah because if you think about this almost everyone that comes in, especially new clients, they're coming in because they have a problem. They have a hair problem. And they're coming to you to solve it. 100%. 100%. So what is your responsibility? Your responsibility is to care for that person, is to offer them possibilities, to give suggestions, to, you know, just take care of their needs for cutting wise, for coloring, you know, for coloring. And then at the end of it, it's your duty to recommend what you feel would be best for their, uh, for their hair. So recommend products to be used and send them home with a recommendation. If, you know, I think that's really important to me. And we have two ears and one mouth. Right. Develop the listening skills. Absolutely. Do a proper consultation and needs assessment. Right. Listen to what, ask the right questions to get that answer, you know, that you're looking to get the answer from the client, right? And that interview, you know, the the interview, the, the client interview, um, the needs assessment, right? And just listening skills, you know, you whether you need visuals uh, right. to see what they're saying. Like, is this the shade of red 
or is this the shade of red? Is it an orange red? Is it a blue violet red? Is it a yellow red? Right? So, right. you know, just listen with your two ears and then speak, you know, and, and make sure you and the customer are on the same page. That's right. That's correct. Like, I always recommend for consultation that you listen carefully you find solution, you make a plan, and then you offer a solution, right? Absolutely. The solution is, it may take you one visit, it may take you two to be able to execute the this beautiful time work. Frame. Exactly. By Christmas, you will have a bob. Right. right? The time frame. Right. And just, you know, like, because we're all, you know, either we are, you know, visual people, we're, we're, auditory people we're yeah. psychomotor people like you know we learn through all those processes right and so you know description with a client too like i can say you know picture a house right oh now picture a white picket fence in front of that house right but do you have the same shape house i have do you have the same color house i have do you have the same picket fence i have do you have the same shade of white I have, yeah. right yeah. like you know we conjure up things in our mind but you have to make sure those things are on the same page yeah unfortunately all good thing has to come to an end and today this concludes my episode with Elizabeth Merck Allen from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. Sincerely, I hope that you have found inspiration and motivation and perhaps some tools that you may use in your salon later. It's very important that we have uh, many conversations about the industry. Uh, it's important that we care for one another. And I want to leave you with a final thought, which is surround yourself with people that are positive and that will make you a better person and especially a better hairstylist. I hope you love this episode. Until then, bye for now.